are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. But what are we talking about on today's show? Well, we are discussing a little topic I threw together today. It's called Rebuild or Retool. Should the D-backs rebuild this offseason? I'm talking about full-scale Astros level rebuild because uh, let's face it they've been pretty bad the last couple years or should this team just retool this was a team that had 80 plus wins just back in 2019 2018 it wasn't that long ago this team was competitive so should this team rebuild or retool this offseason we're going to get into all that on today's pod but before we jump into before we jump into today's pod, I first want to say thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. But now, let's jump right into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. <laughs> Daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I'm not sure if my uh, mic was picking up my audio that first time through for the intro. It might have been the... Uh, my MacBook uh, microphone. I am on a new laptop, so if you think the audio is better, if you think the picture is better, if you're watching on YouTube, it's because I upgraded to a MacBook over Christmas. Thank you, Mama, for upgrading my laptop. So I think I didn't fully uh, update all the software or make the make my full round of edits before. No, do my pre. I didn't do the, my full pre-production round. I assumed it was already on the default settings. I guess it wasn't. So I'm sorry if it was the MacBook audio microphone that I was picking up for the intro. But now I have switched it over to the Yeti mic, so we should be good to go. Because I got a lot I want to talk to you guys about today <clears throat> when it comes to. And also, I just have to say before we start today's pod, I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold. I got some congestion in my nasal, so if I sound a little snuffy, if I do a little sniffle once or twice, I am sorry. I'm going to try to limit that as much as possible. I'm really going to try not to sniffle at all. Uh, I'll probably have to hit the mute button a couple times if I want to sniffle. So uh, I got COVID tested yesterday, so I'm awaiting the results, but I'm pretty confident in non-COVID illness that I just have a common cold. So we'll see what happens. But 
I have to be healthy for this pod because I am doing a pretty broad topic today on the D-backs. Should the D-backs retool or rebuild? I think this is a fascinating question for the a fascinating question for the D-backs because they are kind of in a crossroads right now. This was a team 2017. They made the playoffs 2018, 2019, 80 plus wins. But you look at the last two seasons, they've probably been the worst team in baseball the last two years. You look at 2020, that shortened season, absolutely terrible. And then uh, until the last day of the season, they were the worst team in baseball. Of course, they had to walk it off the last day to mess up their chances at the number one overall pick. But this team has been pretty weird the last few years. Good 2018, 2019, 2017, bad the last two years. So does that mean the D-backs should just enter this offseason after the lockout, just go for a full-scale rebuild like the Houston Astros, or should they just retool and build around their core? Well, let's first answer that first question, should this team rebuild? I want to first start with that perspective and that angle, and I think the first question we have to ask ourselves as D-backs fans are, where are they in the grand scheme of things in the National League? The answer They are currently bottom feeders, like no way around it. We know this D-backs team is one of the worst teams in the National League right now. In the short term, the Dimebacks are clearly the fourth best team in the NL West, arguably the second best division in baseball after the ALEs, who had four 90-plus win teams last season. But does that mean the D-backs should just blow it up and try to build a contender in five years instead of trying to build at least a playoff roster in the next two? Well, that's the question we have to ask ourselves because the Dodgers, they're a team that can reshuffle their deck anytime. They can acquire all-stars through free agency, trades, and they're also great at developing their own talent. Like, we have to give the Dodgers credit. Like, they know how to develop in-house talent, which is something the D-backs have struggled with a bit, which we're going to talk about later. It's hard to expect the best team in the NL over the last decade to just fade in the background over the next few. So, it's hard to imagine the Dodgers going anywhere. And we look at some of the ages of the players on the Dodgers roster. Here are some players on the Dodgers roster who are 28 or younger. You got Trey Turner. Some of these guys might have turned uh, 29 this year. I think a Trey Turner, but Trey Turner, he's like 28, 29-ish. Will Smith is definitely under 28. Cody Bellinger. uh, Mookie Betts might have turned 29, but he's right there in the mix as well. Walker Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, Dustin May. Like That team isn't going anywhere. The Padres, they seem to have a big market mentality all of a sudden. They're not afraid to go out there and acquire pieces. They have young talent as well that should be around for a long time. Their GM is not afraid to make big splashes in free agency or trades, and they have enough assets on that team currently where they can also reshuffle their deck at any time if they want to move off of Blake Snell or Hugh Darvish or trade like Will Myers or something. Like, the Padres have the assets to go out there and make moves and make upgrades around other parts of their team that they might feel might be a little weak so that's a team that you always have to watch out for because when you have a GM that's that aggressive and with the amount of assets that they have on their team they're always going to be in play to make a big move here are some players on their team 28 or younger Fernando Tatis Trent Grisham Cronenworth, Hassan Kim, and Machado, Blake Snell, Musgrove all just turned 29, so they have a bunch of young talent under 30 as well. The Giants, 
they probably lack the least amount of young talent with Logan Webb, Lamont Wade Jr. being the only significant players under 28 or younger on their current roster. I mean, you guys can make arguments for other players, but the Giants are one of those teams where they can just go down the street, walk up to your local rec league softball team and just sign a pitcher and turn that guy into an all-star. Like the developmental system from the Giants, the culture that the Giants have, they're somehow able to always build a contender. No team has greater peaks and valleys than the San Francisco Giants. One year they're like one year they're like 65 wins and then two years after that they'll go on to win the World Series or win 115 games, something crazy. They're basically the NL version of the Red Sox. The Red Sox are always a team that will finish last place in the NL, in the AL East, but whenever they finish last, you know, the next couple years they're probably going to win the World Series. The Giants are very similar. They have these very large peaks on very large valleys, but they're always a team that's probably going to be in the mix and they seem to have a pretty good culture in place and they know how to develop their players on their roster. So you got to watch out for the Giants as well. And the Rockies are the Rockies, so I don't really think we have to worry about them at this moment, but it's hard to expect the Dodgers or Padres not to be in the mix over the next five years and could never count the Giants out either. The D-backs want to blow it up. If the D-backs went the blow it up route, they do have some interesting names, though, on their roster that they could get a nice return for, with the headliner, of course, being Ketel Marte, because Marte is under contract through 2024, and he never makes more than $10 million in a single season up until 2024. He's a legit MVP candidate, so that's an absolute bargain for a player like uh, Ketel Marte. I would expect a package at least as good as what we got for Zach Greinke, which is three of the top five prospects in their organization, plus a Josh Rojas, so I would expect at the very least to get that kind of haul for a Ketel Marte. The second big piece that could be moved for some value is Carson Kelly, who's still like 27 years old. The D-backs want to make Dalton Varsho a full-time catcher. Kelly, who is arbitration eligible through 2025, would be a hot commodity if they decide to move him. He's improving He's an improving defensive catcher that can hit for power. Again, he's only like 27 years old. Like, this is a guy still on the rise, entering his prime. Like, I, I don't want to move Carson Kelly, but if the D-backs want to blow, up, blow it up route, I think he would be an interesting guy to move. Then you have players like Christian Walker, David Peralta, and Merrill Kelly, who probably won't net, net you much of a return, but... Excuse me. Had a little burp there. Excuse me. I thought I almost burped again, but... I I always seem to burp whenever I'm doing these live podcasts, of course, so I apologize for that. But then you have players like a Christian Walker, a David Peralta, a Merrill Kelly, who probably don't probably won't give you a ton of value in return. But I think those are three players that a contender will definitely be interested in. Your main core on the MLB level would mainly consist of a Dalton Varsho, a Zach Allen, with the hopes of some combination of a Josh Rojas, a Paven Smith, a Taylor Widener, Luke Weaver, Tyler Gilbert to take a leap. Just some combination. If two of those six guys hit, then I think the D-backs might be happy. If half of those guys hit, I think the D-backs might be happy. And then you pray. You pray hard for guys like Corbin Martin, the J.B. Briscockuses, the Jordan Lawlers, the Corbin Carrolls, the Alec Thomases, etc. That they live up to expectations as well. Because if you're blowing up this roster, pretty much the only guys who are going to be left are dudes 25 and younger. So you're going to have to pray that you get your developmental system right. And you can improve these guys, progress these guys, and hopefully get these guys to their ceiling. 
You would want to build this thing slowly with the intention of everyone peaking around the same age with of course a few spry veterans mixed in when the time is ready. Doing a full rebuild has worked out in recent memory with Astros. Uh, has worked on recent memory with the Astros never cracking 60 wins from 2011 to 2013. That was probably the most recent iteration of we saw of a team doing a full scale rebuild, full scale rebuild, a full scale tank and actually working out. In 2013, the Astros fielded a team with just $22 million payroll by far the lowest in baseball they had Eric Bedard who was 34 at the time he was the only player making over a million dollars on the team like the Astros were like we're not paying anybody we're gonna try to lose as many games as possible and it worked out for them they ended up winning a world series pretty soon after the three years of just terrible baseball and tanking so it can work out we have seen in the past like the Astros teams uh teams do a full tank full rebuild and it works out for them but in segment number two, I'm going to tell you why it's a better idea for the D-backs to actually retool and not rebuild this offseason. But before I tell you guys about that, I first have to tell you about our sponsor, Built Bar, because it's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you will want to eat more of it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, the Bill Bar is absolutely delicious. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Bill Bars contain low calories, low sugar, but high protein and high fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all that sugary or calorie-filled treats and just replace them with Bilt Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss more of why I believe the D-backs should retool and not rebuild this offseason. This offseason. And again, when I say rebuild, that means tear it all down. We're trading Ketel Marte. We're trading Carson Kelly. We're trading of anyone with value. David Peralta, Merrill Kelly. We're trading all of them for prospects. A retool means, hey, maybe we move a David Peralta. Maybe we move a, a Christian Walker or something, but ultimately we keep Ketel Marte, we keep Carson Kelly, we keep our young main core guys under 30 and we rebuild around them because the D-backs should retool and not rebuild. There is no guarantee that in a few years the division is any easier. So why would we blow it up? That doesn't mean the D-backs should go out there and operate with a championship bust with a championship or bust mentality because that would just be foolish for the D-backs to do that. And selfishly, I don't want to cover a team that is per perennially in the mix for number one overall. I'd rather cover a team that's 
fighting for the postseason, even if this is a team that is 85 wins, even if it's the 2019 D-backs, that's still a more fun team to watch than the team we saw this past season. This team, I believe, can be good enough for a wild card spot in the next couple years, and maybe even a mini postseason run if a few things break right for them. I'm not saying a championship run. I'm just saying a mini, maybe division run. You win a couple games. Maybe somehow you make it to the championship series and you take a game off somebody. I'm not saying World Series run yet. Injuries took a big toll on this team in 2021. I believe they are better than what we saw the last two years. You had a, a whole bunch of guys get hurt this past season. I mean, Rojas, David Peralta, and Paven Smith were the only three position players with at least 130 games played, while Merrill Kelly was the only starter with at least 150 innings pitched. Name a D-backs player, and I guarantee you they missed at least two to a month worth of the season in games. The D-backs were just battered. They started 157 different batting orders during this season. Pretty much every day was a different lineup. It's hard for your team to be good and be consistent when your team and lineup is inconsistent, when who is on your roster is inconsistent. So getting healthy is a huge thing for the D-backs in 2022. I know. 2017 seems like a long time ago, but if you don't count the 2020 season, which I kind of just erased from my memory, it was only like four years ago the D-backs made to the to the Divisional Series. And then after the Divisional Series, the D-backs had two seasons where they won 80-plus games. So there was a three-year span there where the D-backs were at least competitive. You won the 93 games in 2017, then 80-plus in 2018-2019, you're at least competitive. I would be happy if this team was around 500 the next two seasons before pushing for a playoff berth. So how do the D-backs get back to just 85 wins like they did in 2019? Just get back to around 500 baseball? Well, this is how they did it in 2019. First, the bullpen was shut down. They had the best percentage in the National League and not allowing inherited runners to score. Only 23% of the time did an inherited runner score. That's basically a bullpen. It is a, it is a bullpen stat. And they had the fourth best save percentage in the National League as well at only 65%. The starting rotation, it was average that year. It wasn't an elite starting rotation. They were basically league average quality start percentage at 41% and innings pitch per game at 5.4 innings. The staff wasn't crazy. Their pitching rotation wasn't crazy. It just got the job done. The entire staff's ERA plus was 105. The league average was a 101. So again, the D-backs staff as a whole was just slightly better than league average. The lineup, that would just average two. The team batting average in OPS plus was basically league average. They did score 5.02 runs a game, which is Good, not great, slightly above league average, but they had the third best strikeout percentage in the National League, so they weren't striking out a ton. The fifth best run scoring percentage, so when players got on base, they usually came home. And the fourth best extra base taken percentage, fourth best extra base taken percentage. So what does that mean? When a player hits a single, they try to get to second, or when a player hits a double, they try to get to third. It's basically taking an extra base. So the D-backs were aggressive on the base pass. They usually came through in the clutch, and they weren't striking out. A recipe for success. The 2019, the 2019 team was average, or slightly above average in a lot of areas, with a pretty strong bullpen. That's not out of the realm of possibility for this team to be like the 2019 team. Again, Again, the 2019 team was just average when you look at it on paper. Go to baseball reference and look at the 2019 D-backs. They're not some world beater of a team. The bullpen greatly needs to improve. 
I'm talking about this iteration of the D-backs. The bullpen greatly needs to improve, we know, but Mike Hazen has already signed Mark Melanson, and pitching coach Brent Strom, I think, will help a lot. I don't think the rotation is terrible, but it needs to stay healthy for this team to have a chance to compete. Gallen is a stud. Bumgarner and Kelly can have stretches of brilliance, and... I won't even mention a Luke Weaver, but there's some other arms in-house who are young, like a Corbin Martin, who you hope emerge. Maybe a Taylor Widener or Tyler, Gl- or Tyler Gilbert emerge, so we'll see on those guys. In the lineup, he'd definitely use some more juice as well. But again, if some of these guys stay healthy, like if we get a full season from Dalton Varsha, if that second half continues, a full season from a Car- uh, Carson Kelly, a full season from a Ketel Marte, like that's three guys right there that could be pretty good offensive players not even pretty good like damn good like all-star level MVP type offensive players I mean Dalton Varsho, Carson Kelly those are two guys that seem like they have all-star potential and then Keto Marte is a bona fide superstar so having those three guys playing 150 150 games would be a huge uh, would be huge for this D-backs team because they don't have a ton of talent and the talent that you do have, if they played a lot of games for your team, a full season worth of games for your team, it's going to help your team win a lot of games. And they can get back to being competitive without spending money, which we know Ken Kendrick doesn't want to do. They were bottom five in payroll on opening day in 2017 and 18th in baseball payroll in 2019. The D-backs have to be smart where they use their money. I don't mind the big money contracts, the one contract a year that they seem to give out or the one contract every four years, five years that they seem to give out, but they have to stop giving it to pass their prime pitchers with major red flags. It's hum, it's hamstrung this team over the last few years first the Zach Greinke contract now the Madison Bumgarner Bumgarner contract this team has to stop giving out those major contracts to pass their prime pitchers but they do that if they get some healthier seasons from some of their main players I think this team can at least be average on paper and be around a 500 team next season but there is one more reason why I think this team should not do a full-scale rebuild and I will tell you about that reason in segment number three. But first, I have to tell you about another sponsor of this podcast, BetOnline, because BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, and boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all their new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. We are now entering segment number three, and I had one other reason why I think this D-backs team should not do a rebuild and just do a retool because the other reason the D-backs can do a a big rebuild like the Houston Astros is because they aren't very good at drafting or developing talent. Here are the D-backs first round picks since 2010. Let me scroll down my list real quick. Yeah, some of these guys, I'm going to butcher their names because I've literally never heard of them. 2010, you had Barrett Lau. Who? 
that's a famous TikTok. So shout out to that guy who do who does the who TikToks. But 2011, 2011 was probably the best year of a draft that they had because in 2011 they took Trevor Bauer, they took Archie Bradley, and they took Andrew Chafin. Of course, Trevor Bauer he took some time to get going, uh, and he was moved pretty early in his D backs career. Archie Bradley was moved uh, not too early in his D backs career. He was pretty good. Andrew Chafin as well, but. I don't think those two guys were, were really first-round picks. I mean, they were pretty good D-backs pitchers, but I don't know if they were first-round picks. 2012, they had striker Trahan. I don't know who that is. Aaron Blair in 2013. Braden Shipley in 2013 as well. Two big busts. Tuki Tonsant. I don't even know how to pronounce that name. I've heard of him, but he hasn't been very good. Dansby Swanson in 2015. Very good draft pick. He was traded immediately. Afrini Greer. Who? 2017, Paven Smith. Again, I like Paven Smith, but has he lived up to being a first-rounder? Not at all. 2018, Jake McCarthy made his debut in 2021. We'll see what happens. 2018 as well, Matt McLean. I've never heard of him. 2019, Dre Jamison. Never heard of him. 2019, Brendan Malone. He's not on the team. 2019, Blake Walston. He's still in the minors. And you also had Corbin Carroll in 2019. Won't do 2020 or 2021 just because it's so early in the D-backs. Uh, career for those guys they're still in the minor so I won't really talk about those guys uh right now so we'll move on from those guys because Chafin and Archie Bradley were both good but I don't think they lived up to being first round picks Trevor Bauer was moved pretty early in his career like I mentioned before and Dansby Swanson was moved immediately Trevor Bauer did one season in a D-backs uniform and it was moved after his rookie year and then for comparison's sake, here are some players the Astros have drafted in the first round since 2010. George Springer, 2011. Carlos Correa and Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers in 2012. Kyle Tucker and Alex Bregman in 2015. That's just five all-star level players right there that the Astros have drafted basically in the last 10 years. The D-backs have nothing to show from their first round over the last 10 years, which is organizational failure. I feel like I didn't get that off as powerful as I want to. Organizational failure. I feel like I'm not saying it uh, <laughs> correctly. I don't know how I'm saying it, but there's a bunch of players that flash early in their D-backs career before falling off. So it's not even just the fact that they can't draft well. They also can't develop well. There's players who the D-backs have had on their team who flash early in their career. And all of a sudden, it's like, what happened to this guy? This guy just fell off. Like a Jake Lamb, who was a stud in 2017, 2018. And all of his downfall wasn't on the D-backs. But he was a guy with an OPS above 800 and a 30 home run guy. And then all of a sudden... Injuries creaked in and he was never able to repeat his success. Mark Trumba was the 30-plus home run guy before coming to AZ. Then he lost his power once he was acquired by the D-backs. Then as soon as he left, he led the American League in home runs as soon as he left. Yasmani Tomas was a 30-home run, 800 OPS guy in his second season with the team. And then the D-backs never figured out how to use him again after that. Shelby Miller was acquired for Dansby Swanson in 2015 after a stellar four-year run in ATL. Then became one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Robbie Ray, we all know his story. All-star in 2017, then got worse every season until he left and became a Cy Young Award winner. Luke Weaver, don't even get me started on that guy. And if the D-backs did do a good job of developing their players, the team usually decided, hey, Let's just get rid of this guy. Let's not pay him like a Justin Upton, a AJ Pollock, a Paul Goldschmidt, Wade Miley, Patrick Corbin, Starling Marte, Taiwan Walker. The list goes on and on. There's been so many players that the D-backs had on their team that they decided, let's just move this guy in his prime for 
basically nothing, just a bag of peanuts because the D-backs historically are not very good at trades. The last three times the D-backs have won 90 plus games, it's been followed by an 80 plus win season. Then within two years after that, they don't crack more than 65 wins. The D-backs ever want to build up championship equity and construct a real contender, they need to take the core they have now, continue to develop it, and add pieces around it. It's hard to build anything sustainable if you can't draft if you can't draft well, develop well, and when you do hit on those two areas, you just let the talent walk out the door. Bikazen has done a good job of building up this farm of building up this farm system and getting an infusion of young talent on this team, but he needs to do a better job of finding veterans to fill around the young talent but at least he has a young talent on the roster i really like the new coaching staff this team has and the development from the coaching staff will be key to this team being able to compete for the playoffs in the next two to three years the haul from the astros will be a great indicator of the trajectory of this team because if you can't turn around one of those players into a legit everyday major leaguer then i don't have any confidence in this team ever building a sustainable winner you got seth beer Corbin Martin, J.B. Berskakis, Josh Rojas. Rojas has already been coming along. He's already shown a lot more progress than I've expected from him in his major league career. But is he a legit everyday major leaguer? Not yet, but I think he's working there. I like a Corbin Martin. I like a J.B. Berskakis. I want to see what Seth Beer could do this season if they bring the Universal DH back. So I'm going to be watching heavily on that haul from the Houston Astros. There's a reason this team has only made the playoffs three times since 2002 so I pray they can fix their flaws so I don't have to watch much more mediocre baseball from the Arizona Diamondbacks now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast thank you to everyone who tuned in to this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day not be I would not be doing this podcast without you the listener sharing subscribing reviewing doing all that so I could do this podcast for you so thank you and please come back tomorrow for more Locked On Dimebacks news coverage and insight or just D-backs news coverage and insight. I guess it's not Locked On Dimebacks news coverage and insight because as always, what do I want from you guys? I just want you guys to stay safe and stay healthy during this holiday season because we know that Omicron variant is going around. I have a cold. I'm hoping I don't have COVID. So I hope you guys are staying safe and staying healthy out there. And please come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Deuces!